Welcome to the School of Wisdom podcast, where each week through interviews of either phone or in person, we learn from followers of the way who have applied principles of God's wisdom and have seen results in their lives. Our goal is to educate you and inspire you to sow that seed of greatness within you into the world and bear fruits in whatever field you choose. My name is Olajimoke. I am a fellow student in the School of Wisdom and your host. There's a lot of wisdom for us to learn in today's episode. But first, here's a spoken word piece for you to enjoy. I have this theory that the relationship between lovers is a lot like dance. I mean, for one, they both sort of involve holding each other's hands. So I decided to understand this concept by studying certain dances. Just looking closely at the different styles, I began to get some of the answers. They say that it takes two to tango, and I completely agree. But sometimes, before you know what's up, your heart is already in tangles. Love is supposed to be straightforward, but it can be quite complicated sometimes. Kind of reminds me of rocket science. So like salsa, the missiles are launched when you slide into love's arms, taking one step forward yet two steps backward. But, like walls, love keeps going round and around your heart till your mighty walls of Jericho come down. You are literally defying gravity, because when you see that person, you begin to moonwalk, floating around in this newfound relationship. When you look into love's eye barley, thousand butterflies dance ballet in your belly. So you've always been careful about loving. You've been walking around on tiptoes, but suddenly you find yourself tripping and whoa, love has swept you off your feet and nothing can make your leg work right now. So you start to stagger. This feeling is beginning to shock you, shock you because you're totally drunk in love. Your brain is suspended in midair. Imagine the shock it receives when you finally hit with the breakdowns of what true love really is. Love is kind. Love is patient, love does not envy, it does not boast, does not keep a record of wrongs, is not rude. Love always endures, always hopes, always believes. Love is commitment. So through the ups and downs, love requires doing unto the other person as unto yourself. So in all of this study, I learned a very deep lesson. You see, love's name is Jesus. And being a believer is almost the same thing as learning to dance. And if you're yet to believe or to fall in love, I want you to just take that chance. Dancing with him simply means that he leads and you follow. Where he steps, you step. When he moves, you move. And even if you fall, you can simply grab onto his ankle and get right back up. This choreography is beauty in itself. Now, following might be hard, but you have to work hand in hand with him. And if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him because he's right next to you. In Him you live, move, and have your being. Dancing with Jesus is fun because the Holy Spirit is a DJ. I mean, there's a reason we call Him DJ Hover, right? You see, Jesus simply allows you to be. He allows you to glow in His glory as He moves in the background, guiding your steps from the beginning till the end. So yes, in case you didn't figure it out already, here's the thing, I love porn. I am addicted to porn in fact, and it's not the type you're thinking, jeez, get your mind out of the gutter will you? I'm talking about the fun playing with words type alright? And no, to answer your question, I'm not from just, 
but I do tend to play too much. <laughs> okay, so that wasn't funny. Moving on, today's episode is called Why We Should All Be Dancers. That also is playing with words. Dancers as in dancers. Get it? <laughs> of course you do. Now, let me start by saying one thing. I really don't know how to dance. I used to know how as a child. In fact, I was in every major dance choreography that my primary school produced. But that was not necessarily out of talent. It was more as a result of the fact that I was devious. I did almost anything to get on those shows. In fact, there was this time like that that we had ballet, and a friend of mine was picked. I wasn't. So I was so pained that I convinced this girl that ballet was nonsense, and it was for, you know, lazy people and, you know, all sorts of things. Eventually, this girl gave up, and guess who stepped up to replace her in the show? (laughs) Moi. So yes, I danced a lot as a child, but any skill I might have had disappeared a long time ago, along with my childhood desperation, thank God. Now, in my mind and in my dreams, I am the most incredible ballet dancer in the world. You should actually see my lips and my spins. It's like a superpower, seriously. Too bad you're not in my mind, though. Now, I do understand that dancing is actually a figurative thing. I mean, we all dance. Every type of relationship we have involves some form of dancing or the other. There's a reason the expression is called dancing to a person's tunes, you know. It involves following a person's leads and guides. And don't we tend to do that with the people we look up to and try to be like? Some of us are even the lead in such partnerships, while some of us are solo dancers. Now that can be a truly beautiful form of dancing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. There are just some times that we need the support of someone stronger and more skilled than we are. For me, that person is Jesus. He's the Lord of the dance, so I know that I'm in perfectly good hands. I mean, he's been there before, and he's the best form of support I could ever ask for. Now, if you're yet to be dancing with him, he's calling you to take his hands right now. That is the only way you can make a difference in your world and even be filled with joy all around. It means that while we're still searching everywhere, filled with those questions that life keeps throwing at us, Jesus is calling us all to be the answers to those questions. Dancing can be wonderful, but dancing with Jesus is even much better. Don't take my word for it. Here's someone who can actually dance and knows what it means to be friends with Jesus. His name is Toluanimi Ulua Koya. You might know him simply as Koya. He's the founder of Dancers Alliance. He's an awesome dancer and has some of the answers to your questions about dance. You can follow him on Instagram at I am Koya to see some of his really cool dancing and to get some practical tips from him. Here's my interview with Koya. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the School of Wisdom podcast. My name is Olajumake. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Hi, my name is Tulani Koya. I'm also called, also known as Koya. I'm a dancer slash dance choreographer slash event planner slash slash student recently graduated from the University of Ibadan. So you yeah. do a lot of things? Actually, kind of, I guess. Now that I think about it. Well, you're mainly known for dance, right? I mean, you have a team called yeah. Dancers Alliance. Yes, I do. So what's that about? What do you guys do? Well, we're... Well, like you said, we're a dance team. Um, we try, like, we 
tried to stray from the word crew and I don't know. Basically like the team the team is is basically like an assembly of um dance acts or dance brands or individuals basically that have um what's it called? That have like Oh, I have a, <laughs> a common but goal? No, not necessarily. Like, okay, like established dance acts that decided to come together and form an alliance, basically. Okay. So is that the only thing you do? Is that the only thing you have? I understand that you have something called Dances Asylum. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a platform. It's an event, really, but then it's supposed to be an online and offline platform for dancers. It's supposed to be a safe haven for dancers. Still in the um, very very early phase. We're, we're, we're not even up to a year yet. We're like seven months old. So okay. things are still taking form and taking growing. Basically. Okay. I'm actually a huge fan of your dance, and I um, I've seen you and your sister the Koyas, right? I've seen you guys dance yeah. and grow, and I'm so proud of you guys. You've come a very long way. Thank yeah. you very much. So what was your story? How did you guys start dancing? What was the moment that you realized that, hey, I want to be a dancer? Like, can you just tell us how you realized that you wanted to dance, how you told your parents, how you started? Just a story, basically. Okay, so I remember that, okay, like while I was really young, or when I was really young, I used to like always like feature in um, church choreography, church dance presentations, and all of that. So that was always there. So it was something that I always kind of like used to do when the media arrived and stuff. But then I remember clearly I was in SS3 and I was shown a video of two amazing dancers. They go by the name Marquis Scott and Popping John. It was an animation piece and it was so mind blowing for me because I was like, how can people move like this? So I decided that, you know what, I want to try this thing. Like, I want to be able to move like that. So I went up, I went on YouTube, I found a lot of their videos, I would practice, then I found Dragon House, then I found the King Jazz, like I literally just, like my eyes just opened to a vast world of dancing, like, and all of that. So it was such a very huge escape for me. And I spent the better, time, the better part of my time before getting into school, and even when I was in school, just like watching, binge watching dance videos and all of that. And then my second semester in uni, I decided to join. Well, I saw an ad saying that Alienation, a dance crew in UI, was having auditions and stuff. So I decided, oh, I really want to grow and all of that and learn to like be in it, like work with like people who actually like dance and stuff. So I went for the auditions and I got called. And then I didn't have the whole okay newbie thing where you just you just new recruit so you just get to stay on the side for a while. Like from the from the get go, I was already like actively active, wow. going for events with them and stuff. Oh, so you got then your sister? Got, well, that that came up along the way actually. By my second year in university, she was in um, what's it called? She was in SS3. And by that time, I told she she had a there was a cheerleading squad in her school, and they weren't particularly like dancing, dancing like that. And she just had an affinity for it. I was like, hey, why don't you just start a team? 
and she came up with this team and then they were called Movement or something. Yeah, I think it was Movement. <laughs> and they were really like living at the time for the school and all of that. So she pretty much left a mark, you know, like the, the school now recognized them as against the cheerleaders or or preferred them to the cheerleaders and stuff. So as soon as she was done with school and I still had events that I was going for, I was like, hey, why don't we just go for these things together? Because at a point in time, I started dancing in because the style I, I, um, I grew myself in, like, can afford me to dance on the stage alone. So I was like, okay, why don't we just try to, like, you dance and dance, let's just do stuff together. Form a party called Sequoias. <laughs> yeah. So then we had this pretty unusual chemistry and stuff. I mean, I mean, like, the whole sibling thing just made it a lot more appealing and all of that. Then we had, I mean, at Proxy, we had a lot of friends that also, like, danced and the entire kind of thing, like we rehearsed together and all of that. So I decided one day, you know what, we have this huge event coming up. You guys are really good. I mean, like, we always spend the better part of our holidays together anyway, dancing and stuff, making videos. Let's just go up on the stage and the thing. And that was where the alliance started from. I didn't even know all this. So you've been an experienced dancer right from the start then? Like, I, you didn't have to... I just, like, ran over all that part. There was a lot of drama in between. There was a lot of wanting to stop. Because there was this competition I went for, and I auditioned. Like, I thought I was really good, but then I didn't get picked, and it hurt so bad. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to get good at this thing. Like, I have to get good... To the point where even though you don't recognize the style, because I mean Nigeria, everybody just thinks Afro and all that. Even though you don't recognize the style that well, I would do it in such a way, in such a manner that you can't overlook it. So I spent there was a strike about that time. I think it was a six-month strike. I spent the better part of that time like learning how to dance, learning like, like getting my techniques down and all of that. Like YouTube, I didn't like go to any dance school or anything. Like YouTube is just honestly it's like the perfect school because you can literally like learn anything and pick up anything from it sure yeah speaking of the dance you have this particular dance i've seen it like over and over and there's always a new style like you just you're so good at it what's it called did you invent it why that particular style no i didn't i didn't didn't invent it what's it called it's called cutting cutting yeah it's a technique or it's a that animation technique, even though some people have specialized in it to the point where it become like it has become a style of dance, like you can literally just get up on the stage or make a video strictly just about cutting and stuff. I think originally it was a popping technique. Yeah, I didn't know I did not invent it. It's much older than I have existed. <laughs> Do you have any idea who invented it? Well, the earliest name that I could find, or when I tried to look up the history at some point, was King Tutat from Egypt. If you notice, when whenever it is that they like made their Egyptian art, you notice that their their the, the human silhouettes had their arms in like angles and stuff because of the thing. They always drew their their human characters facing sideways. Okay. So, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. So you notice that their arms are usually like placed in like angles and stuff. Probably yeah. the one in front is elevated and the one behind is like the palm is face down with the elbow raised up. So 
I don't know. I feel like it was adopted into the popping style, and it just grew, 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 grew. And then there's so many spheres to it right now. Like it has evolved and become so much more. So I'm just you know, putting your arms in places, arm placements, basically. So can you teach it? I, I I don't know how to dance at all. Can you teach someone like me that has absolutely no idea what this is about? Yeah, I can. And I did last year. I had a workshop called Unleash Your Hands. It was strictly a totting workshop where I just taught like fundamentals of totting, how to get started, how to make your own combinations, the mindset behind it. But the thing about it is, because it's not a groovy style, it's more intricate and, what's it called, and detailed, because you're trying to ensure that your lines are straight, you're making the right shapes, your pictures are clear. It tends to be, um, how do I put it, it tends to be quite... Um, Complicated? It no, it tends to be quite tasking or like boring or demanding, whenever it is that you have to like learn it and practice it, because... You're literally just there, placing your arms, really, and trying to ensure that. Well, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Like after you have practiced and practiced and practiced, but the process of learning is not particularly a pleasant one. That means I can't learn it then. I, I, like, I no, don't have any can. hope at all. No, everybody does. I feel like it's just the amount of time and dedication that you give to it. Because I realized that my learning, like how it is that I even got good at it was um what's it called it was passively it wasn't something that i did actively i would probably just wake up okay i'm in front of the mirror and i just do like a quick eight count thing just checking like you understand i just walk past the mirror and i just do it so i'm walking along like this was even how it seems i got good for me i'll literally be walking to class and i'll just be touching like it's so handy really because you're not using your legs you're just using your hands and I was, I, I tend to be a very private person, so I would just block my ears and just be in my space and just be making the gestures. So over time, like, my body got used to it so much so that, like, I can do it without thinking. Like in your like sleep, right? <laughs> No, like, I could be talking to you and I would not realize that I'm doing it. And I could do it and be having a conversation and I would be making coherent shapes and patterns in my hands, but... I'm not consciously thinking about it. Okay. Well, it's a really cool dance style. And I wish I could learn it, but I think I'm just lazy. I'm a very lazy dancer. So I'll leave it to pros like you and your sister, Adiso, have to do it. And you keep applauding you from afar, right? So Thank you. <laughs> um, I have this question. What do you think um, a relationship with God has to do with your dance, like, has your relationship with God helped you become a better dancer? Do you think God is interested in dancing, really? Well, I think I think the problem with a lot of a lot of things, like questions like this, is that people feel like the only reason why we were created, or like there's just this stereotype where we feel like, okay, once you're born again and you're saved, your only mission on this earth is to get other people saved, like a what's it called, like a referral contest where you <laughs> got the package referred to other people and ensure that we circulate this commodity and it gets to everybody before the time we have elapses. Now, if that were the case, I feel like God would just, as soon as you get born again, take like, everybody. True. Take you. True. Because if, if that were the point, like, I mean, everybody should just go as soon as they get it so they don't lose it. But I've, I've come to realize that God is more particular about the journey as against the 
as against the destination. That is why you would, you would notice in the Bible that the focus points are usually the highlights of the journey. Like, aside the destination, the Bible is more concerned with how the individual got there. And ultimately, like, the Bible clearly states that his thoughts towards us are good and not able to bring us to an expected end. But the journey is the con I feel like that's his primary concern because at the end of the day you are going to get to the expected end. But how you get there is what I feel like is more important, is most important to him. So relating it back, um there's there's also this part of the Bible that says that um, if a man um, if a man I can't remember it clearly, but then it has to do with you being if your heart is in line with God, or if you are close to God, He will give yeah, you desires. Yeah, He grants you your desires. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I personally feel like the things that you desire, not necessarily like what you wish for, but the um, how it is that your heart coins up these desires. Like, for instance, um, it might it might sound very unspiritual, but then the desire to just wake up and want to eat chicken can be God-given, because <laughs> it can be down to, okay, I want to eat chicken from KFC. Okay, I'll probably just go around work, like after work, but then there's traffic, and then you get there like two hours late, and then you bump into somebody who your presence or a little conversation inspires them. So in as much as the end goal was to get you to talk to this person and help this person, the desire to have chicken, which was God-given, if you understand, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, yes, I do. Plan to get you to do what you want to do. So personally, I feel like for everybody out there, how it is that you desire certain things, be it writing, be it dancing, be it driving cars, be it, you know, singing. I feel like ultimately, yeah, the destination, which is to get other people saved and come to the point where it is that we are in full understanding of who Christ is and all of that and growing and getting to that point of, you know, complete maturity. Yeah. Has like these, these desires build up to that, and because everybody's story is so um, unique and peculiar to them, it's not a one 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 size fits all type of thing. That's why we have varying desires. Now, I'm not saying they are not human desires, where it seems that like you just desire vain human things. But then ultimately, what I'm saying is that if you're doing the whole, like if you're active about your God journey and all of that, you would realize that some of the things that you desire are all part of the plan eventually, or they all lead to where God is trying to take you. So I personally feel like my interest in dance is just basically how God expresses himself through me. Because I'm not, even though I can get up and talk to a lot of people and just talk basically, my, I think my selling point or my, my, um, what usually gives me access to a lot of people is this. It's dance, I've right? Had to take up, yeah, it's dance. Like, I've had to take up a lot of leadership positions in the past few years. But then I've noticed that all of them, if not most of them, like most of them came through the fact that I was dancing or had something to do with dance. Dance. Yeah, and all of that. So basically, okay. I just feel like God is interested in whatever it is that you desire because once you realize that it is genuine, ultimately it sort of comes from Him. 
And yeah. there's this clear cut there's this clear cut dichotomy of how it is that the Bible says he turned my morning into dancing. Like there's just this it's just this every time the Bible wants to like state the opposite of morning, usually we state usually we say dancing. Dance. Oh that's so true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's scattered across the Bible. Like you would, if you search dance you almost see oh you would almost always see morning preceding it. And all of that. So, so dancing is related to joy. Wow. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh. Because you can't, even though you can dance sad, ultimately you're going to be satisfied, you're going to be happy afterwards because you express your emotion in that given state. And that in itself gives some level of joy and satisfaction. So, yeah, ultimately. So that leads me to another question. Does this um, belief that, you know, dancing in church is wrong, like it is an expression of the flesh or um, an expression of human beings just wanting to have fun and dance in church instead of focusing on the most important thing. And then there's also this other side. Okay, so we dance in church, but then there are some dances that are just wrong. Like, why should we dance shakshaku and all those things in church? What was your opinion? Like, what's your candid opinion on that? Personally, I feel like to ask the first question, if it's just to satisfy human desires and all of that, people just wanting to dance. Uh, how do I put it? If I can't do it in church, why should I do it at all? Ooh. Like, if I can't do it, uh, yeah, like if I can't do it in his presence or if I can't do it around his people, why should I do it at all? I mean, it is humanly, it's, it's a human wiring. You cannot hear rhythmic movement, um, rhythmic sound, and not unconsciously try to move to it. No matter how stuck up you are, it might be you humming in your, in your like the, the worst you can do is like humming your mind or just, but you would unconsciously just move or tap your feet or snap your fingers or sway your head or something. So denying the fact that this this wiring is what it is, I feel in itself is some form of hypocrisy. Because it's like saying, oh, I won't eat because it's carnal. I won't dance because it is carnal. Like, we overcomplicate a lot of things as Christians just so that we achieve that sense of spirituality or or immigrant yeah that okay I'm 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 sacrificing this aspect of me that wants to do this or this desire to do this. Because there's just this there's just this um unconscious belief that most people have that anything that you desire is wrong. Like, yeah. Yeah, like most things that you desire is it's just not right. And I'm and I'm quite com- I like and that in itself for me contradicts the scripture that um, we talked about earlier and stuff. So that aside, yeah, to answer the question of I think dance steps wrong to do in church. Um, except if you're moving seductively or um you're trying to what's the called? Let me let me start by let me start by saying this. The state of your heart is primarily very, very important. Sure. When it is that it comes to worshiping God. Because you might be doing the most simple of movements, which is left, right, left, but you're doing it with so much pride in your heart, and you're like, oh my God, I can't even stress because I am who I am, and all of that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That in itself is very, very wrong. Even though on the outside, it seems like, oh, I am 
I'm 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 dancing very very calmly, you know, I'm being very spiritual about my dance. So first and foremost, primarily I would say heart like your your mindset, like where your heart is at. Heart placement basically. Yeah, so like how it is that if I decide to if I discover something, all right, or if I make everybody aware to something, whatever name I give to it is what it is I will call it. Case in point, we call this virus coronavirus or corona v, v something yeah. it was a name that we gave to it this thing had existed prior to us discovering it yeah it it doesn't it's just the tag that we gave to it based on how we discovered it do you understand what i'm saying so if yeah. you're telling me that bouncing on one foot from one side to the other you want to call that Zanko. Great. All right. That's, that's on you. That's what you decided to call it. But trust me, this pattern of movement has existed. Existed way for it, yeah. Now. And if I would not, if I would get into church and, how would I put it? If we've established that, okay, God actually does want us to use, or God wants us to do this thing, because you would notice that um, whenever it is that there's victory in some city, they will call the dancers. Like if it's somewhere in Psalms where it says that call the dancers, they amplify to say single and group. All right, you understand? And then they yes. come and dance and express. Basically, if you're if you're saying if you're so if we've established that dancing in the presence of God is something that He desires because it's an expression of the joy that's on your inside, then we've established that dancing is okay. So if you're going to now say that okay, well, this pattern of movement because the Latin decided to name it Zanku is not right, in itself makes man superior to God because you're just saying that, okay, because the Latin called it this, even though it had existed before time or God had pre, how do I put it? Like, God probably had like preconceived it before, before the Latin did. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, one, you're just, you're just making man overly superior. Two, you're just being overly carnal because it's just movement, all right. <laughs> I'm ex- the point is I'm expressing the joy on my inside. Like that, that's that's the, that's the point, really. So whether or not I'm hopping from one side or um, I'm doing bending down to lift my hands up and turn it upside down, which is shocky, is 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 irrelevant because ultimately I'm just trying mm-hmm. to express. A lot of people. A lot of people that don't have an affinity for these things, the media or the mass media is their only source. And this is what they see on TV. All right. So, so far as it's not promoting profanity or any form of anything immorality. that directly screams immorality, yeah, I don't see why you should have a problem with this. Okay. Thank you so much for that answer. Okay. Then um, I have another question. What What advice would you give to someone that is just starting out I want to dance. This person has always dreamt of being a dancer, but okay. um, it has always seemed like the odds have been against them, or they just don't know how to start. What advice would you give them? First and foremost, the world is a global village. All right, take advantage of what we have. We don't have that many um, professional institutions where you can learn what it is that you want to learn, but. We have the internet, all right. Look what you want to what you want to study up. There are always tutorial. There's a tutorial for everything. There's even a tutorial on how to open a door. 
<laughs> that basic. So you can find the tutorial for whatever style you want to learn. And there will probably be like 10, 15 people that would have their own take on the same style. Develop an affinity for learning because ultimately, the motive behind why you do what you do determines whether or not you would stay long in it. I know I want to. I know I want to have dance being an active part of my life, the rest of my life, because I know that aside just okay being able to do it, there is a deep valuing that my mind has developed for pattern movements. So I know that I want to constantly be around this thing. So and I want to get better because ultimately it's how it is that I express myself. So learning is not something that would ever stop. Which is why I don't understand when people just feel like, oh, you are a boss, or oh, <laughs> you have arrived. Arrived to where? Like, it never ends. There's always something new to learn. And if you're just doing it for show, you can be comfortable with just knowing enough to wow people. Because really, what, what, what makes you excited is the fact that you're ignorant to the thing behind it, or you're ignorant about how to do it. If you knew how to do it, or you understood how to do it, it probably won't wow you as much. Two, you probably would just be excited when it says that you know that, okay, the level of um, the level of skill required to execute this is high. That's probably what will excite you. But the truth of the matter is, so if you're just going to be playing on people's ignorances, what exactly happens when it is that everybody comes aware or comes to the knowledge of or the secret behind this thing. What value do you have then? Do you understand? So yeah. ultimately, if you're if you're doing this for sure, you probably won't last long. And that's just me being honest. But if you genuinely want to use this as a tool to reach people, express yourself, you see it as part of your day-to-day growth and all of that, something that you want to have to keep doing, the internet is the best place. And that's just being and that's just me being honest. There are platforms like Steezy, um, Chop City Daily, where they give deep in-depth insights to um, setting styles of dance or setting techniques or setting things that dancers need. So ultimately, like, be a hard goer for learning. Like, constantly seek to know more and expand your horizon. Then practice. Like, dancing is performing. Like, it's not like reading where you're... Your knowledge, your knowledge is tested. It's the application of your knowledge that is important. Tested, yeah. Like I hear people say, "Oh, I'm such a mad dancer in my head." That's you me. Yes. Do <laughs> you people have any idea how mad dancers are? Like people that actually dance. Do you have any idea how mad they are in their own head? Like it's relative. If your if your inability to express physically. You, you feel you can make up for it with what you can think. Now, imagine being able to express the amount of thoughts or the kind of thoughts that you'll be having that you cannot yet bring to life. Jennifer, I'm not sure. Yeah, but that's a hard work. Nothing, nothing really comes easy if you think about it. Even being a Christian, like, it's so easy. You have to, like, study and, like, give yourself to these things and all of that. Sure. So, except if you do want to do anything... You can decide to rest on your own. And I feel like, ultimately, you would give yourself to things that you are passionate about. So it might not be dance. It might be skydiving or jumping rope or anything, really. 
so far as you're passionate about it, and you have it, a strong yeah. desire for it. Okay. That's like the primary. Okay. Yeah, like the primary thing. Wow. So for those that are very much interested in being dancers, they just need to learn and practice. Learn, 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 practice. So um, I have a question. Are you in a relationship? So you okay, you are very well aware that <laughs> Hey, this is for the people listening. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes, I, I know you're in a relationship. Does being a dancer help you be like a better a better boyfriend or a better lover or something? Um there's this thing my dad used to say. And it goes thus. The way you do one thing is the way you would do every other thing. So if you're passionate about what it is that you're chasing and what it is that you're doing, everything else everything else that you're like actively involved in, to an extent you will transfer the same level of passion to it. Hmm. So I'm not I'm not going to categorically say that because I'm passionate about dance, I am passionate about my relationship. But yeah, I, I would say that because I have this that I'm working on or this that I'm I'm striving to, like the whole like pursuit, the whole mindset of, you know, trying to be better, trying to um, um, trying to always do more, to an extent, or, to, or yeah, to an extent, it translates to how it is that I relate with the person I'm in a relationship with. Okay, so does he dance? Well, not professionally or not actively, but then from time to time, I actually like get her to make videos with me and stuff. So you're like good influence in in dance. Well, yeah, I'll say so. Okay. I mean, she's learning by proxy, so. <laughs> okay, so you're saying something, yeah. But yeah, so like ultimately, I feel like because I'm doing that or chasing that or striving to better that, I unconsciously carry the same energy into my relationship. So okay. I can say yes, but then, yeah, I could say yes. I'll, I'll say yes. What I'm really asking is, do you think that there's a correlation between like loving and dancing? Like, is there an analogy you can draw? Um. Well, seeing as dancing ultimately is qualified or characterized by self-expression, I would say that because I have learned to express myself or put my emotions into um, into my dance or how it is that I perform, it's, it's made it easier for me to be able to express my emotions on a personal level, even to regular people. I, I've, come, I've come to realize that I became a lot more transparent when I started dancing. Like, I don't have that much to hide anymore because mm-hmm. I'm constantly on display when it says that I have to either show you this emotion or show you that while I'm dancing. So if I if I could draw an analogy, I would say that um, expressing my feelings has come uh, easier. Yeah, it, 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 it's become easier. Because I feel like if I were dating prior to me dancing, I, I would probably be really stuck up. Because naturally, I'm just quiet to myself, that kind of thing. All right, so the last question for today, if you were to, you know, see yourself like a few years ago before you started dancing or before you got to this level, could you tell us things that you would say to yourself, like as advice, like, guy, okay, these are the things you need to learn before you start dancing or before you go out into the real world? Yeah, I, I would actually tell myself to um, 
go harder. In a sense, I feel like I wasted a lot of time in my early years when I started off dancing because it just seemed like it was just me. I mean, you're, like, you're learning by yourself. You're learning off the internet. There's really no curriculum or no um, GMFM. So yes. I, was, I was learning at my own pace. Hey, yeah, yeah I, I would I would strongly advise myself, learn what you can learn, absorb what you can absorb. Like, be open-minded, go hard for this thing. Because the truth of the matter is, the older you get, the less time you have. So I'll tell my young self to do that. And just start things. Like, my last year in university was where I desires that I had eventually forced everything to happen in my last year. And I could have done this much earlier and had a lot more time to go and nurture these initiatives and see them to some level of maturity before I leave the university. But all in all, I would say um, how things unfolded or how things played out had some level of divine... Intervention. Of, yeah, divine intervention. But then ultimately, if I would ask myself, if I were to give myself a view, I'll start to say, like, start it early, get started, like, don't, no, there's no point sleeping, like, just do it already, get started. So, yeah, because I feel like we, we should change ourselves when we second guess. If you're passionate about this thing right now in the moment, listen, like go, go, just go, just do it. Because you really can never tell how much you you would accomplish chasing what you're passionate about. And if you fail? And if you fail, don't sit down for too long. Move past it. Like get up and continue pursuing what you that you want. Because every success story or every major success story has a major pile of failures attached to it. Like... Literally almost every success story has a lot of difficulty and failures and setbacks attached to it. Sure. So regardless of whether or not you feel like you are ready or you are mature for this, you're still going to have those things. So you might as well have them now as against having them later. Because time is time is really not on our side. So true. Thank you so much for those words of wisdom. Thank you. Is there any other thing you'd like to say? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think I'm good. Okay, thank you so much for being on School of Wisdom. I'm really grateful. Thank you. So have thank a nice you. day. And you too. All right, bye. Bye-bye. So there you heard it from Koya himself. God cares about what you do with the gifts that you have been given. Your desire can point to your design and ultimately point to your destiny. So for those of us who actually have a passion to dance, you heard him say, learn never stop learning and never stop practicing for some of us dancing might be that little dream that we've had since childhood and we might have convinced ourselves or others might have convinced us to give up on it but here's the thing it is a seed from god you need to sow it no dream is too small in the sight of god no dream is too small for god to use so keep dreaming with your eyes wide open and you surely be what you want to be what you've been called to be now, if you've been inspired by today's episode, do me a favor and share with that one person you know that absolutely loves to dance or just needs to hear this. Follow us on Instagram at School of Wisdom Podcast. Facebook, same, School of Wisdom Podcast. Now, there are some of us that might have been feeling depressed or a little down lately. I think it's high time you danced. Dance with everything that you have to praise God. Forget who's watching or if there's no music, just dance. 
scientifically, dancing has been found to release dopamine and serotonin, which are both hormones that influence the feeling of happiness in your brain. And spiritually, when you dance, you come into God's presence. You get to exchange your weakness for his strength. You get to exchange mourning for the garment of praise. So dance. Dance, 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 dance. It doesn't matter if you look silly. I mean, that has never stopped me before. So why should it stop you? Till next week, I am Olajimoke, and this is the School of Wisdom podcast. Let us be the light that we have been called to be. Let us sow that seed of greatness into the world. We are the light of the world, so we just have to shine. We are the answers to the questions that the world has been asking. So join me on next week's episode, and till then, stay blessed.